Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Good afternoon. What is up? What's shaking? What's cracking? Humans, plant life, and aardvarks. It's Avery here. Game over. Edmonton is live. The Edmonton Oilers fall 6-5 to five in overtime to the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, on a very, very frustrating afternoon of hockey at Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. But first, a message from my friends at Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Then get, then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on Diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to cash, makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, and please Play responsibly. All right. With that being said, the Edmonton Oilers have blown three zip leads in back-to-back games. Multi-goal leads they've blown in games in which they should have won. They should have had. That's three games in a row now they dropped. And with the Western Conference race tightening up even more so, you can't lose games like these. Or walk away from games like these, taking only one point. This was a game in which Edmonton had to have both points. It was there for the taking. And they just couldn't find a way to put away Colorado. They could not find a way to put away Avalanche. And credit to and credit to Colorado. This team is a defending cup champion for a reason. This is still a mighty fine hockey club. You still have uh, you still have Miko Rantanen. You still have Nate McKinnon. Nate McKinnon went off. Nate McKinnon wouldn't wait. Nate McKinnon had five games in a row of multi points. Nate McKinnon is still, as the children say, a very very bad man. So I mean, there's no slouch for the team. Colorado is no team to take lightly whatsoever. Uh, but when you've had the defending champions down by that much. You gotta find a way to build momentum up, and you gotta find a way to finish off the avalanche. You have to. I see a chat. Everybody in chat here is well. <laughs> the chat's angry. I'm seeing a lot of usuals here in the chat room. Folks are angry. I don't blame y'all. I don't blame the frustration from our viewers here on Game Over Edmonton or on the SDPM platform. You have every reason to be mad in terms of what went down today. And I see we got um, the haters here, a lot of good fans here. You know what? And I'll give credit to a guy like Warren Fogle. Two early penalties, not a good look. Responded after the two penalties. Got two goals on the board. I didn't mind um, what I saw from Matthias Janmark. But what is still, honestly, confusing to me still is how... <sighs> Yessi Puliarvi played less than 10 minutes. Yessi Puliarvi played 8.15 tonight. Yessi Puliarvi, when you're holding on to a lead, when you're trying to 
be strong defensively. Why is Puliyarvi once again stapled to the bench? Yesi Puliyarvi is one of your best defensive forwards, and when you got to hold on to a lead, he's on the bench. Eight fifteen for Yesi. It is confusing the logic, and it's very strange in how in terms of how Jay Woodcroft deploys Yesi Puliyarvi, even what he says about the men. It is so very odd and. JHB, I see you got your thoughts here in chat. There's no maturity. There's no improvement. <laughs> uh, Bud Brown, Holland, make a move. And yeah, I think Ken Holland, you got to do something if you're Ken Holland. This cannot be a trade deadline where you're sitting by idly. You got to do something to improve this team defensively. Uh, be it, you know, we thought, we thought this might be in for Jacob Chikrin. It's not going to happen now, it appears. We know the team is in or trying to be in on Eric Carlson. And you've heard, you know, you've heard Bob Stoffer mention that this might be more of an offseason move. But you need help right now. You cannot wait until the offseason to make a major move on your blue line like that. Eric Carlson has to be a move right now or before March 3rd. It does you no good when you're looking at Eric Carlson as a player to bring in in 2023-2024. And I know. I know it's not going to be easy. But this is where a GM. And a front office. Have to get creative. To figure out how to make Eric Carlson work. You can't just throw your hands in the air and say we can't. You can't just say we can't make it work. Get a third team involved. Find a way to move some money around. To make it work. You want to be all in. But yet there's room. But yet you got someone like Bob Soffer saying that this might work better in the offseason. You can't be all in if you're throwing your hands up in the air on Eric Carlson money-wise. You're not all in. You're not. I'm sorry. No matter what you want to tell people, you're not. If you're giving, if you're not finding a way to bring in Eric Carlson. Uh, Michael um, Kane was hurt. Upper body injury, uh, Michael. That's the reason why Vander Kane did not play today. Eric Carlson is one of the best puck-moving defensemen. Um, David, I see your question here. Eric Carlson is one of the best puck-moving D-men in the NHL. And he's on pace to most likely win the Norris Trophy. That is the kind of guy uh, dry sidling McDavid want to play with. The passes he can give these kind of guys are amazing. And, it, and in a sense, and Carlson, on his own offensively, is still going to be a major cog. He improves Edmonton's blue line tremendously if you if you do bring him in. And again, the lineup issues that we've seen out of this franchise over the past couple of days, uh, <laughs> a little bit of a head scratcher. Edmonton, remember, Edmonton played short against um, the Rangers, and there's a lot of moves right now among the old franchise that, to many of us, I think many of us don't make sense right now. As, as Edmonton sits fourth in the Pacific Division and as tight as the division is. Yes, Edmonton, with a couple of wins, can get right back to potentially being on top of the division. But also, you lose games like these and teams behind you in the wildcard race keep winning and oh boy, you're not out of the woods yet. You are not out of the woods if you're the Oilers. 
when it comes to escaping the battle of the Pacific Division or escaping the battle in the Western Conference. There is no security right now for Edmonton. There is absolutely zero security for the Oilers. And that is a very concerning thing when you are in your nine of Dreisaitl and you're in your eight of McDavid. This team, once again, should not be struggling to win a division or struggling to make the playoffs. As I see getting some glare in the background. Sorry about that. As it looks like I'm about to be abducted by aliens, like in the X-Files right now. If you can bear with me, we're going to try and solve this. I know it's probably pretty distracting. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, yeah, we're going to try and fix this right now. We have to move the camera a little bit to get out of the glare of my living room. <laughs> Afternoon game, we got none but sun. Why couldn't this be a winter day where there's absolutely no sun? We're trying. We're trying to figure it out. It's bear with us. <laughs> I know if you're, if you're listening to the podcast, this right now is not exactly good content. But hey, you know what? When you're battling elements, you gotta sit back and enjoy the um, the experience. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know I'm being washed out. I'm being taken away. The X-Files, um, SDP. People really can help a little bit. Uh-oh. Okay, the ring light's helping, I think, a little bit. Now I'm, I'm back to an extent. <laughs> I think. But yeah, no, and um, uh, Jack Campbell. Uh-oh, I, I was here for a second. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh man, you're getting you're getting a real experience. You're getting some you're getting a fun experience here on Game Over Edmonton. I'm vanishing and I'll try to get back on track here, but also to Jack Campbell. Uh today Jack Campbell's play was not the best. And his save percentage is once again back to hovering around the low nine hundred mark. And that's not what you need right now. As it appears Stuart Skinner is I mentioned, I mentioned a couple days ago, Stuart Skinner was apparently um, suffering an illness once again. So no Stuart Skinner for the Oilers. But Jack Campbell in net has been, oh, I'd best shaky. I know he's, I know he's had moments where he's made some good saves, but uh, Jack Campbell has had, has had moments where he's been shaky, which is not good. Which is not good for the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> and neither is his lighting. I'm just getting... Demolished by the sun rays right now. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna on the fly. We're gonna on the fly try to figure out how to get some better, how to get a better angle. <laughs> Cause yeah, I'm getting I'm getting pulverized right now. Yeah, we're getting only on the Steve Dangle podcast. There we go. We go. We're getting okay. There we go. You know, I'm I'm back to an extent again. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. That's better. That's much better. <laughs> that is much better. Well, we we got through it. We got through it. <clears throat> oh my gosh! But and again, you know, I if we're gonna say anything positive about this game, um, 
free empty Oilers. A lot of gold. They got a lot of gold. 5-1-5. They didn't need the power play to still be in this game. And we know we know Edmonton is a team that, of course, this is a team that thrives on the power play. This is the best power play in the league. So the fact that Edmonton was able to battle through the fact that they didn't really get much in terms of special teams help, that's a big thing. And it's funny, whenever Edmonton plays against Colorado, the power plays. Now, I'm not going to be a conspiracy guy. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. It's too easy to say, ah, the officially the referees are referees. But more often than not, when Edmonton plays Colorado, the, the, penalty, the power plays do not go Edmonton's way. It is what it is. It is what it is. But Edmonton scoring five goals, 5-1-5, five, five, that's a good sign. That legitimately is a good sign. And credit to the penalty kill. The penalty, there was no power play goals for anybody in this game. Colorado went 0-4. Edmonton went 0-1, sorry, one power play. But Edmonton's penalty kill, which has been a massive Achilles heel for this team over the past couple, for the past little bit here, shut things down on Colorado when they were on the man advantage. So, a couple of good signs. That's um, a couple of good signs. And see, I'm getting messages here. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting messages from all from all parts of the show, from chat, from my Twitter messages, and I won't, I won't say who, but someone, someone said, if, if you can get a Norris candidate, if you can get a Norris candidate in the deadline, you go and do it. And I agree. This is the guy, this is your guy who will put you over the top. And yeah, it's, we're getting the camps. We are getting the camps right now of those who feel Carlson going to help, and those who feel Carlson isn't going to help. This is going to be interesting. March 3rd, the lead-up to March 3rd, 2023, is going to be very interesting, no matter what Edmonton does, whether they go in and get somebody, if they don't, because if they don't get anybody at the deadline, and they don't improve their blue line, and if this team doesn't win a few playoff rounds, if this team doesn't get back to Western Conference Final, if this team does not get back to the Western Final, that is going to be tough for this franchise. That is going to be tough as heck. And yo, I see the chat, yo, I see the chat getting a little bit, a little bit feisty. I want to remind y'all, debate's good, debate is awesome, debate is great, debate's fun, I love it, but we got a couple of comments coming in here that are not exactly, you know, constructive, so make sure, hey, debate's great, but no need for disrespect. That's my one warning for the chat today. That's all I'm going to say today. And Travis, you're right though, I agree, Travis, this team... Bringing back Vincent Dernay would be great. I, I was not a fan of Vincent Dernay going back down. I thought Dernay was been one of the um, better aspects of this team's blue line, and he's been steady. Vincent Dernay has been one of the more steady blue liners on Edmonton's back end. You know, he's not the most spectacular defender, but he's reliable. He has been one of the better call ups from Bakersfield 
this year. And it's too bad that he was sent back down. I get why, but I disagree with sending him back down. I still feel that he should be up with the big club. He has impressed me a lot. Uh, David, coming from David here, we can win the cup with two big, strong, experienced defenders. And it's, you know, it's possible. That is possible. That is possible. And it's, and it's why his team has to go out and do something come March 3rd. Vinny D's is sick. People should know by now. They Tyler, yeah. They should, yeah. And, and of course, Vinny DRNA, wonderful personality, great dude in the room. And again, his play. But more importantly, his play has been among the better parts of what Edmonton is needed on the back end. So hopefully, hopefully we see a recall of Vincent DRNA very soon because his play on the blue line is very much needed. But now Edmonton comes, and now, you know what? This Edmonton now comes back home to play Philadelphia to finish up that set against the Flyers and Philadelphia. Another game in which Edmonton should have won on the road. They lost to the Flyers on the road in Philly. But Edmonton is going to have to get two points against the Flyers come Tuesday night. And we'll just go through the NHL standings really quickly here. At least the uh, Western Conference standings in which, again, that logjam in the West is not clearing up anytime soon. If you look at right now, Edmonton. Edmonton is the number one wildcard team right now in the Western Conference. Three points ahead of three points ahead of Minnesota. But you also have Calgary right there at 63. There is no you can't get cozy right now. Even though, yes, you picked up points your past two games. The wild are only two points behind three points behind you. And they've won two straight. And then there's still Calgary. You can't count out the Calgary Flames. As much as this, as much as Calgary's year has been shaky, I'm not going to put the nail in the coffin for the Calgary Flames. No way, no how. I'm not going to do that right now. And the Pacific. The Pacific Division, um, Vegas is on top, 72. LA, 71. Seattle at 70. Like, these games are so... So important at any given moment, you can jump right now in between getting closer to a division lead, or if you lose and you are back in a wild card spot. So Philadelphia is going to be a very important game to get two points off of. A very important game. Yeah, Lucas, you're right. No, I agree to Lucas. Calgary does have talent going to run. Calgary has the talent to figure things out some more and go on a run and get themselves in a wild card spot or threaten for a spot in the West, in the Pacific Division. Calgary, the team you cannot sleep on. And again, what we're not we've played when now um, Calgary's played. 56 games, M57. There's a lot of hockey left. <laughs> There's a lot of hockey left, guys. Let's be honest here. We're not talking about the last week of the season. We're not talking about right now being in game 78, 79. We're at game 56, 57. There's a lot of hockey to be played still. And quite a bit can change going forward over the next couple of weeks and a month or two. So 
No, they're not. I don't. Let's not say Calgary's done. They are still very much in things right now. They really are. <laughs> but no, it's it, it's yeah, it's interesting times right now, and I see um, you know, Luke, you mentioned you mentioned Puliyarvi, and people who say Puliyarvi is going to be either waived or traded, you know, it may not be the case right now. As mentioned on um, on the CJ show with Chris Johnson and Julie McKenzie, there were discussions, you know, the Oilers had an interest in bringing C. Puliarvi back in next year. So there's a chance you could see Puliarvi back again in 2023, 2024 in Oilers' jersey. And hey, and CJ knows his stuff. Chris Johnston knows his stuff. So... Puliyarvi might be back again in Orla's uniform, which I want to see. I'm a SC Puliyarvi guy. I would want to see him back. At the same time, though, I don't want to see Puliyarvi back and once again playing barely eight, nine minutes a night. And it makes me wonder, would Yessi thrive elsewhere? On the other hand, I would love to see. I would love to see Yessi go somewhere else, and another franchise unlock what he really could do. Because this is the Edmonton Oilers. We have seen in the past players leave the Oilers and thrive elsewhere. We've seen it before. It's an age-old tale that goes back how many years? Oiler fans do know this. So. But it'll be interesting to see um, if Jesse isn't moved by the deadline It'll be interesting to see what happens come the offseason if they do resign him or if they do part ways. It's one of the more interesting elements of this franchise right now. And it's a team that really has never exactly been sure of what to do against Ipuliar. It's unfortunate because I think the guy is a very talented hockey player. I really do. I, I really do. But yeah, no, Philadelphia, and this is going to be, it's right now, Edmonton's schedule right now, You and there's no real, what's the old saying? People say this game is a, there's no easy game right now for the Oilers. Nothing right now for the Oilers is easy. Games they should win, they've dropped. They're making things harder on themselves. And now I mentioned they got Philadelphia on Tuesday, and they're back on the road again. They're playing the Penguins on Thursday evening at 5 p.m. in Pittsburgh. And then they're gonna wrap, then they finish off the month of February by playing Columbus and Boston. I mean, yes, Eastern Eastern Conference teams, but doesn't matter if it's East or West right now. Gotta find a way to get your two points and put some space in between yourselves and Calgary and Minnesota. No ifs, ands, or buts about it right now. You have to. You really have to right now in terms of how tight things are uh, in the Western Conference. But one thing I'll say this much, though. As wild as it is, and it's not boring. (laughs) It's not boring. I know it's frustrating to see what this team is doing right now, but it's not boring. That's the one thing you can say about this franchise right now. It is not a uh, boring team. But hopefully. And again, Edmonton. 
in the overtimes and shootouts. Oh my gosh. Edmonton is beyond snake bin right now when it comes to games that go past regulation time. Have not won a shootout game. Have not won their past few games in overtime. Whatever it is, they just cannot find a way. To... Something has not clicked lately with this team once they get to three and three overtime and once they get to the shootout. Both compartments of, the, of this game, they've struggled badly in. It's not a good sign. It really is not. The shootout, doesn't matter who it really is, no one in the shootouts really has had much luck. Be it McDavid, Dreisaitl, the big guns um, have not had a, had a good time around the shootouts. I mean, although I think many of us chuckled when we saw Dreisaitl try to challenge inner Brian Rolston with the, um, with the slap shot in the shootout, which was hilariously wide. <laughs> that one went. That was, um, that was a throwback, but not in a good way, seeing the, the dry side of Slapper in overtime. <laughs> sorry, shootout, sorry. But that's tough. But O'Reilly, yeah, Eric Carlson in three on three, that would be a huge game breaker. That would be a game breaker. That would be something else. Yeah, I know that, um, yeah, the interview, the interview, um, yes, he did. The interview, yes, he did. Yeah, I know. He, he didn't, he didn't call out uh, McDavid. He was much more, uh, yes, he reflecting upon himself and wondering if you might, he, if you have to take something in NHL, which, which is a bit deflating because seeing a player like that talk about himself in those terms, in that language, and what was translated from Finnish, it's tough because Pooley Arby, Wants to be an NHLer. And him vocally talking in those terms like that of, can I make it in this league? Do I have what it takes? That's heartbreaking. You don't like hearing that from a player. You don't like hearing that. You really don't. Yeah, and in the shootout, yeah. Nugent in the shootout is um, someone who has been a bit better. But dry sidle in the shootout. Dry... Drawing the shootout, and he's the kind of guy you would think. Drawing the kind of guy you would think this year would be money himself, but what a reason he has not had luck when it gets to the skills competition. Although, which I still like, I could be in the minority. I, I no, not could be. I am, I am in minority, but I admit I still do like the shootouts. I know most people don't like them. I know it's gonna be a tough take to hear. But I still don't mind the shootout as a way to end games. I mean, maybe... I, I just don't see the NHL ever getting rid of them right now. They want a way to end ties after overtime. Because you're not going to get... You're not going to get unlimited overtime in, in, in regular season. It's not going to happen. For time's sake, you're never going to get a overtime that just goes on and on and on and on. I could... I could eventually see... The NHL going to 10 minute overtimes with the shooter involved. I could see it happening. I just don't see the league ever scrapping the shootout unless there is an over a uh, massive revolt against the shootout from, say, the NHL PA or from somebody else with some pull that says scrap it. I don't see it happening. <clears throat> 
Yeah, uh, Daki. Yeah, I know. Close enough. Yeah, I know. This team is at the point in which close enough, almost moral victories. We almost had them. It isn't good enough. It really isn't. When you want to be a team that can win, that can be seen as a uh, cup contender this year. So, a lot of hockey to be played left, but there are still things definitely to be cleaned up and to be solved going forward because this is not a team right now that's instilling a ton of confidence right now. It isn't. Yeah, the past, the past, um, seven, you're right, Lucas, the past seven or eight games, Dry has not looked himself and, you know, being in the locker room, you know, Dry, Dry, he said, you know, he's healthy. Dry style's healthy. You know, he scored. But dry side over the past few games, something is off. But one thing about Leon is that Leon will never tell you. Like, Leon said he's fine. He, Health-wise, he himself has said he's good. Health-wise, he said he's, he has said before in locker room that he's good, things are good. But something just seems off about his play as of late. And I don't, I don't know what else is happening. I don't know what else there could be, but his play has not been consistent. It's not been lately to the level of what it should be. I don't know what, but it's a bit weird. I think many of us can agree with that, that Dry lately has looked a bit off. Whatever whatever could be causing that, we don't know. And I'm sure Dry will not tell us. But, it's weird. It's very, very strange. Anyways, we'll wrap things up here on Game Over Edmonton. Like always, Please subscribe to the Game Over um, channel. Please subscribe to SDP, SDPN. Please subscribe. You know, like, comment. And on Game Over Toronto tomorrow, they got the one and only Sid Sixero hopping on the show for Game Over Toronto. So don't you dare miss Sid on Game Over Toronto. It's going to be fun. Anyways, I'm Avery and I am out. Talk to y'all later. Have a marvelous afternoon and evening. Peace. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.